Wednesday, my dudes. Hello, welcome back to Educate Ebony. We're on episode 20 and I'm going to give you a little hint. After this episode, there are only three left of this season. Yep, sit down, strap in. We're nearing the end, which is really exciting. I've got some great guests lined up, including this episode. It's going to be a great time. But as usual, let's revisit last week where I spoke to Sam Dillon of Lowe and he told me to listen to Grey Britain by Gallows. I have to say it was a pretty intimidating album to hear about. Very heavy lyrically and I guess musically to match as well from what it sounded like. I'm not going to lie, that scared me. I didn't know if I'd like it. It sounded really cool, but just very hefty. But yeah, no, when I did listen to it, there have been a lot of storms in Brisbane lately. So I sat out the front and just watched the lightning come in. But the album itself, very accessible. I actually really liked it. It was hard hitting and you could feel almost, I don't know, his emotional pain. But at the same time, the music really like lifted you up and didn't make you feel like you were being weighed down by all the lyrics. There were some nice piano bits, which I really liked. I think I'm sure you guys know that by now. I'm a big fan of piano. And I just think it was very, very clever songwriting. Uh, my favorite songs on the album, definitely, definitely Misery. I think I really liked Leeches as well. It had a really cool riff. But honestly, it was all really listenable. I liked it all. What a great album. If you haven't listened to Grey Britain by Gallows, definitely check it out. And as usual, if you want to check out what I'm doing on socials, just come follow me. Say hi. Tell me what you reckon or don't. You can just be a lurker and just like my stuff or not even like my stuff. You don't have to do anything. But, you know, it's there. The option is there. You're very welcome to. You can see all my listening notes, especially on Instagram. Go check out the story highlights. I've got them all in there. So, yeah. But anyway, let's move on. Let's get to this episode right now. For this episode of Educate Ebony, I would love to introduce Chris Smith. He is the guitarist and main songwriter for Melbourne metalcore band Loon. And they've just dropped a new song actually called Factory Fires Funeral Pyre Outward, which I'm quite a fan of. And if you stalk his Instagram, which I'll link in the little description thingy, uh, it's filled with pictures of bands and, you know, guitar picks and stuff. But if you go back far enough, there are some cute cat pictures. And if you listen to the Dreg episode previously, <laughs> you know that we love cats on this podcast. So, Chris, welcome. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah, we all love cats. Whoever doesn't like cats, there's something wrong with them for sure. That's right. <laughs> I mean, we haven't talked about dogs on the podcast, so this is a cat, uh, a cat lover's podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm all about it. I, I love all animals. But like me and my girlfriend at the minute are looking at getting a dog. It's just... When the money allows it and all of that, but oh yeah, all animals are good animals. Yes, but cats, superior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're pretty sick. They are the best. And I do have to say congrats on the new track. I think it'd be exciting to hear what else you guys put out in the future, but I do need to ask about the song title. It's very long. It's got brackets and everything. How do you guys come <laughs> up with song titles? That's my brother's domain. So my brother's the vocalist in the band, Nathaniel. Essentially, the song itself, lyrically, is kind of about where the world is headed in terms of the climate crisis and kind of thought of from a parent's perspective of raising a child at the age we're all at now mm -hmm. into a world where we're not too sure whether there's going to be a world anymore. So it's a little bit depressing, but, you know, reality, I suppose. And Nathaniel, he, you know, is pretty intense about that stuff, really deep kind of guy. He likes to really confront those issues like the last two singles obviously have been pretty confronting because you know he's expressing the way he feels about it all and you know we all feel the same too so in terms of the song title I've actually never asked him but I think <laughs> um from what I could see like you know factory fires being like globalized pollution in the world because of you know 
consumerism and such and mass massive factories leading to funeral pyres being literal burning bodies of people because you know we've got the world slowly heating up and there's not much we can do about it in terms of like the bracketing being outward the single we released previous to this was exit which was called inward and so there may be some sort of release with the both together called inward outward Ooh. there you go Ooh, <laughs> insider insider knowledge very good yeah <laughs> Well, let's let's talk about music, cats and songs aside. What do you think the One Metal album is that I need to hear? Oh, oh God. Did right you plan for this? No, hell no. Did Nathaniel tell you yeah. anything? Absolutely not, <laughs> but that's the best way. You get the real answer. So like essential, essential metal albums is what we're going for. Oh, God, essential metal. Okay, if you want like essential metal metal, Lamb of God's Sacrament, that's a good one. That's proper metal. That's like cargo shorts metal. <laughs> um, <laughs> But if you're thinking about like actual like melody and stuff, I couldn't go past like Lost Forever, Lost Together, Architects. It's a great album. And the follow-up to that's really sick too. All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. Yeah, big Architects fan. But then again, like <laughs> you get into the prog stuff like Periphery and Tesseract, which I frock. So like Altered State by Tesseract is probably still my all-time fave. Well, you got to pick one. You got to tell me. I'm not going to choose out of the list. You got to do it. Let's go with Altered State by Tesseract. I haven't listened to that one. I have listened to the newest album. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Portals, which is a live experience of, like, whatever all their songs yeah. are. Yeah. They're a crazy live band. Did you watch their live stream? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That Loved it. quite good. Yeah. Insane, insane. This, they've got, like, two or three sound engineers in the band, and they record themselves. So you, I just expect anything that comes to them to be ridiculous. <laughs> Damn. Okay, so why'd you choose this album? You mentioned the other ones, but then why this one? I feel like over the years when albums come out, you know, you kind of go through phases with them or whatever, but that's the one for me that's really stuck with me. It's, I've never really let go of it. I remember like at the time it came out, I was in Europe with my girlfriend at the time. I just remember coming back to my hostel, putting my earbuds in and just kind of zoning out, listening to it most nights. And yeah, it's just the way that album was put together. There's like no heavy vocals at all. It's all singing. And it's, it's just front to back like phenomenal album wow you know i know i know a bit of tesseract and i do like prog and prog metal so what for you makes this album so great are there certain aspects that you love or like little cool bits i think coming from a songwriter's perspective the way ackle intertwines the songs so the album itself is in three parts and like there's i think three or four songs to each part so it's like of matter something else you know a very prog names Hey, that's a theme with that band like their first album that was concealing fate which is like this crazy 27 minute epic thing that's broken up into four songs and so they've always kind of had that thing going on through their whole career so for me i think that is kind of like their magnum opus kind of things it's just the way he intertwines things and like uses different parts of songs later on in the album to make you oh. like think about it it's just really cool really cool that's so in-depth I mean, I guess what, as a guitarist songwriter yourself as well, is that stuff that you think about? Just be like, cool, if we're making a whole album or a whole EP or whatever, how can you like link things all the way through or like reference an earlier song? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, a lot of the new stuff, I'll actively like be thinking about how I'm linking the sections together, or whether I'm going to like use part of the song from earlier as a motif for later in a different section and kind of intertwine it to make it sound a bit wacky. I like listening to a lot of instrumental albums because of that sort of thing. Like I can kind of listen to it and break it apart and see how it all works kind of thing. And it's just really super creative songwriting that 
from like an outsider's listener's perspective, you wouldn't pick up on the first listen. Yeah. It's just when you get into it a bit more, you're like, oh, shit, I swear I heard that before. Yeah. So this this one come out, when did it come out, actually? You said you were overseas. I think it was early 2014 or late 2013, so quite a while ago. But okay. Just, I suppose that's a testament to how much it stuck with me. Yeah, and you said you were overseas. How did you find it? Did it just, like, pop up? Oh, you were following them and you were like, oh, you were out yeah, today. Yeah. Let's go listen. Yeah, I, I'm just pretty much a massive sweater for that band. <laughs> like, I, I went and saw them in... I think we're in Den. No, we're in somewhere in the Netherlands. I saw them there. And then like after I saw them the first time, I was like, oh my God, I wonder if they're anywhere else. Like while I'm on this trip, if I can oh. see them in another city. And they were. So I saw them in Denmark as well. So oh my God. Massive nerd. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I just, I'd been following them for like, for years as, you know, just being a guitar nerd kind of guy following Misha from Periphery and those guys are always kind of like tra- chatting with each other. So you catch on who's in what band and, yeah, I just started following them really early on. So when that album came out, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And Ooh. it just so good. Yeah. So had you heard like their previous albums or how does this stack up for you in terms of their discography? The previous album was one, which was with the first vocalist, Dan. Dan's back in the band now. But Dan left the band after the first album. The whole fan base was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do kind of thing? And there was this massive hubbub and then they put out the second album and had this other guy who sounded a bit similar to Dan, but just no heavy vocals at all. And it was just like musically just perfection. Like you look at your own work and you're like, oh, I wish I could have done this, wish I could have done that. I listened to that album. I'm like, these guys are definitely not thinking that. And if they are, they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just, I, it's for me, it's like, it is the top of their stuff. As much as I love Sonder for like just bangers and like a couple of really heavy tracks and Dan's still my favorite Tesseract vocalist, that album is just, Chef's kiss. Mm. <laughs> mm. I feel like with prog albums as well, you can listen to it so, so, so many times and just be like, oh, I never heard that little bit. Or like, I don't know, something in the background comes forth or you discover something else. Do you still find that with this album? Yeah, every now and then, every now and then, yeah. Yeah, no, I still, I still find it every now and then, especially with the instrumental versions because... Yeah, I find that you can zone in much more and pick out bits of the songs. And for a lot of their stuff, there's a lot of drones and stuff going underneath the the rhythm guitars. So you tend to hear a lot more of that when it's instrumental. And yeah, yeah, I'm always picking up on new stuff with them because it's just, it's Layer City. Like their songwriter did a Nail the Mix session pretty recently. And there was just like hundreds of things stacked on top of each other. So you'd be picking things apart for ages before you actually (laughs) figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, I feel like that's also why um, people maybe feel a bit intimidated by this sort of music because they're like, you know, I don't understand what's going on. I'm like, you don't have to understand. You just have to listen. And then every time you listen, you understand a bit more anyway, you know? Yeah, you just take more in. It's really cool that way. Like, I feel like heavy music as a whole. I was actually having this conversation with a dentist the other day. Like, (laughs) He was like, why are they so angry? How are they so angry? You know, and then they get off stage and they're lovely people. I'm like. It's not about being angry, man. It's like, you know, some people go and do sports for, you know, an outlet and some people get on the stage and scream their guts out, you know. So it's it's just an expression, I suppose. And, yeah, just sick. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, tell me about the album. Are there any standout tracks or are there any aspects that you like where you're like, yes, this riff right here in this song, amazing, you got to hear it. What are you, what are you feeling? I think there's a track called Resist which is really cool. It's like 
the second part in one of like the the major songs there's a riff towards the ends and you'll know it when you hear it it just yeah it comes out of nowhere and everybody knows that riff it's it's sick also there's just like the classic standalone single from that album was nocturne and that track just still bangs like hell it's so sick yes i've heard that track on their portals album but it'll be interesting to hear it in this i guess in this album and like where it sits and how it interacts with the other songs as well album structure i think is something everyone thinks a lot about i don't know necessarily about the average everyday listener whether they're like oh that song should have gone here or should have gone there but i tend to appreciate how it is is there anything that stands out for you where you're like oh this song is perfect right there because of this reason I find it really hard to pull that album apart because it all flows into each other. There's not really any stops abruptly and goes into a new song. It all feels like it it interacts. So I couldn't even imagine pulling it apart. Like it all flows together so well that I don't think I'd do anything any differently. Like it's just, that's kind of like my reference for how to pull an album together in like the most artistic and like, I don't know, it's just, it's just perfect. It's one of those things where you just listen to it. You're like, oh, my God, this is like a masterpiece. It's so sick. You just lose time. You're like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's, it's over. Isn't that just one song? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I think that album, in terms of like songs, has like three songs on it, but they're all <laughs> 20 minutes long. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they like, they're like the songs, but they're broken up into little groups of three. So there's like fade-ins and out of synth into the next bit, but it all ties back together. And, you know, 20 minutes later, there's a lead from the first bit that was 20 minutes beforehand as well. I mean, that makes me yeah. wonder how, I mean, obviously they did play it live with their live, you know, every single live show they've ever done. But imagine pulling those pieces apart and put it into a live set. I guess even though it's the same songs, they would, what, evolve and take on some other different aspect because they're among other songs. Yeah, for sure. Like they're pretty well known for just like, pulling their songs apart like I would last time I saw them like a minute into one of the songs because you know there's a particular song that has this like kind of long build up for about a minute and a half when I saw them live the drummer just went Pah! and they just cracked straight into the heavy section so yeah it's it's cool because you really never know what you're going to get with them because it's just constantly changing when you see them again it's not going to be as if they're playing it exactly the same every single time it's yeah it's always different and they create their sets in a really interesting way I suppose similar to the way they do their albums, it just all flows together. Songs aren't necessarily always going to be in the same format. It's, yeah, really cool. Very clever. Oh, my goodness. So why do you think it stands up now or why do you think it will stand up in future years? As in, like, when we look back, we're still going to be going, yes, that's the Tesseract album. I think because there's nobody that sounds like that yet or a lot of the time you find someone cracks onto, like, a really popular sound and all of a sudden everybody's doing it. I can't see anybody ever really being able to do that sound apart from them because they are psychopaths (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I could imagine anybody doing it in that kind of way and they have even like you know they sound like them but they don't sound like that album now so like they progress as well so I feel like it holds up for them as like a staple of where they're at in that that particular time and I don't feel they're trying to like recreate what they did which shows like a lot of artistic integrity and stuff as well too Whereas, you know, a lot of people here or, you know, this song did really well, let's do another song like that or let's sound like this because that did really well. Whereas those guys are like, right, on to the next thing. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, and um, I think this would be really interesting, especially because it is a prog metal album as well. But what are my listening notes? How should I listen to it? Should I be doing certain something or 
What do you recommend? When I listened to it, I literally just sat in a dark environment and closed my eyes and just listened. And I still do that. I did that with Portals when it came out, the live one. Mm. I just like turned off and just watched and it was crazy. So yeah, I think like kind of subdued, chill environments, just turn the lights off and just listen. Because that, that's one of those ones where it like takes you somewhere. It's psycho good. Like, it was, yeah, to this day, I still listen to it like really regularly. You must have a lot of spare time to just sit down and digest this all the time. I'm just a bit of a hermit crab. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Haven't had much of a chance to do much of anything else anyway with COVID, just apart from home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> well, do you have anything else to add about this album before we wrap it up? Uh, listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I like that. I'm ready. (laughs) Alrighty. There we have it. The one metal album that Chris Smith thinks that you and I should listen to is Altered State by Tesseract. Chris, thank you so much for your wisdom. I can't wait to listen to it from your point of view. That's okay. No worries. They are psychopaths. (laughs) (laughs) It's a compliment.